0: hello and welcome back to another episode of inside the asperger studios today i'm joined with ryan litchfield who is a pcm administrative assistant he'll talk about what that is what his job is and what he sees himself doing in the future so sit back relax and grab your favorite beverage and i'll see you on the other side see you there Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Studios. Today on the show, I'm joined with Ryan Litchfield. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you, Reed. It's a it's it's an honor to be here. I'm very happy to be here.
1: So, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so, when I was uh, two years old, I was diagnosed with autism spectrum, uh, actually pervasive developmental disorder, not otherwise specified. So, um, it was like under all of these different types of like autism. But there were definitely the signs and symptoms of um, the autism spectrum disorder, especially before the age of two. So I had trouble with, you know, eye contact, I had trouble expressing what I wanted, what I needed. Um, I just I couldn't even talk or communicate. Um, Right around that time, you know, my family was really concerned. And they actually had a book, they had a sign language book, because at one point they thought they were to have to communicate with me via sign language. And so they had that, you know, as, as a part of that plan, just in case I'm, I wasn't able to like verbalize what I'm, you know, what I needed or something. Um, I had to have, like I said, temper tantrums. I, uh, it was definitely a struggle, like in the early stages of life, I did go through, uh, about hours and hours of uh, applied behavioral analysis um, within my own home. I also um, went through speech therapy, occupational therapy. I went through social skills, pragmatics, types of groups, pretty much all the different types of services that you can think about. Um, I did have special education services uh, throughout my public school career. Um, I did have aid support. I also um, had, you know, some counseling, especially when I was going through some of the rough patches right around middle and high school. Um, I know elementary school was definitely challenging because I had trouble with like loud noises and had trouble with, you know, connecting with people my age. So then basically, you know, you know, going forward, you know, middle school, you know, I tried to fit in, you know, trying to, you know, be part of a math club, being part of, you know, a band, you know, playing the alto saxophone and just trying to connect with people my own age. Um, And then at that point, I went on to high school and that was a tough transition for me. Um, I had a a family member that uh, passed away. Um, It was my grandmother. And uh, I just remember that it was just difficult, just getting adjusted to more, more um, students, more expectations, more just getting used to a different structure um, between middle and high school. I also, you know, went through some, you know, anxiety and depression too. So it, it definitely was a tough transition, but I think things really started to turn around for me when I went to, you know, into my junior year of high school. Um, so me and another um, friend of mine, um, we were both on the spectrum. We both went to an elementary school um, in my town and we shared our stories of, you know, being on the autism you know, spectrum, you know, sharing challenges and the successes. And, you know, people were really inspired just to hear from those experiences. And I um developed an autism uh support group, not actually an autism uh like awareness group at the Mm -hmm. the high school. Um because I was trying to, you know, get more educators, you know, teachers, students, you know, to get more aware of the autism spectrum and stuff. So and I ended up, you know, my grades started getting better, you know, I started, I really started to find, you know, success in the high school um toward the end. Um and then I even and then I went on to college um, I uh, pursued my bachelor's degree in human services and rehabilitation and also uh, pursued my certificate um, in aging services and the reason I did that is <clears throat> you know one of the things that's really interesting is that there are a lot of adults that are like living within the United States um, particularly you know like in this country. And there are more individuals now being diagnosed on the autism spectrum. And it's just con- the, uh, the prevalence, you know, and the rates are just continuing to increase. And it, I think something that really just the insight that I got from, you know, those studies and, and something that really came to mind was, you know, I really do think at some point there needs to be more services and supports for adults on the autism yes. spectrum,
0: I totally I totally agree with that. I mean, I got so many ideas in my head about what kind of help I would love to do and create. It's just amazing. But anyways, do you, how was, first let's start off with, you went through ABA, right? Mm-hmm. How was that for you?
1: So ABA therapy was, um, I will say kind of what my therapist told me at one point. I mean, there were, there were, there, there were good days and there were bad days. Um, There were definitely it's challenges, but there were also successes. I had a really, I have a really great relationship with my ABA therapist. And um, we also had some funny moments. Like I'll give an example Um, back like, Back in the day, there was, you know, McDonald's Happy Meal toys. Um, I believe at that time, The Lion King was out at the time. And I believe I had a Mufasa action figure. And for some reason, I was uh, re the Mufasa death scene in The Lion King, um, which, you know, it's kind of like that interaction with objects, you know, associating objects with, you know, toys with, you know, how to how to play with them and so forth. Um, and, I, and then the other part I will mention too is um, I also learned actually it was through my ABA therapist friend you know learning how to ride a bike Um, and that's how I really just enjoyed you know going on a bike I haven't been on a bike for a while but I, I definitely enjoyed it when I was younger
0: so you are one of the few who've really had a good experience with their ABA
1: yes and actually she and I we, she and I actually, uh, we presented um, in a psychology class when I was in high school, um, actually to several psychology classes up at the high, up at, you know, when I was in high school. And we also presented um, up at the college too, um, to, to students and staff. So, you know, we had some really great opportunities to connect there and, you know, to, you know, share the, the perspective from, you know, my lived experiences and also, you know, giving the APA therapist, you know, the opportunity to, you know, share the perspective that, you know, her viewpoint as well. You know, I think that's really important, you know, especially because I think that's, you know, and people are saying like, oh, you know, you know, they're trying to focus on, you know, these types of therapies and stuff early, you know, in as soon as an individual is diagnosed and, <clears throat> so, so what's you know supposedly what i hear is that when they catch you know sooner or you know when they find out that you know somebody has autism you know they try to go you know go through these different types of therapies and stuff sooner rather than later you know and the pe- and there are families that you know find loved ones that are having you know success and that are making progress in their lives unfortunately i can't say that for all families and, and loved ones but um, there, there have been, um, there have been clearly a lot of success stories, you know, you see all the, you know, the famous autism advocates out, you know, not just you know, like in my, in my state of Massachusetts, but also, um, you know, within the United States and just globally, you know, and I think, I think in the context of like ABA, you know, and something that I will mention too is, you know, I don't think it's, it should be looked at as, you know. Oh, it's, it's the best thing in the world. And I don't think I should look at it as it's the worst thing in the world. I'm kind of neutral. And I kind of look at it as, you know, being a tool, like a tool, like a a toolkit for trying to, you know, it's kind of like the beginning stages of communication and the beginning stages of socialization. The reality is, is like, I mean, I've come across various social situations where, the reality is, is that not everything is black and white as they say, and there's more mm-hmm. shade of gray. So, and I know people will have their opinions, you know, some people are for, you know, AB, others are against ABA, you know, and I, and I, you know, 100%, you know, respect that. And, you know, and I can understand both perspectives, but I also think, you know, it's kind of like, I'm trying to look at, you know, trying to find the silver lining per se too, you know, but I know people have those different experiences, but you know, it's kind of like, um, counseling where, yeah, you, you, you go see a therapist and then, you know, you you get some guidance and support and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like, this is your life. And this is also like, you know, you're going to take, you know, you're going to make the choices. You're going to make the decisions, especially once you get into adulthood and stuff too, like, you know, when it comes to independence and that sort of a thing. So I think ABA has truly helped me to get this far in my life. And I mean, if it weren't for my parents' advocacy and my family's advocacy, and the great relationship I have with the ABA therapist, um, I don't think I'd be here today. All right. Now, do you have ADHD as well? As far as I know, to the best of my knowledge, I do not have ADHD um i just have um, autism you know i'm basically now today it's called autism spectrum disorder but as they mentioned earlier the actual diagnosis was pervasive developmental disorder not otherwise specified mm-hmm. just i'm glad they simplified you know they took all of these different you know diag- different you know diagnoses and then they just put everything together to uh you know autism spectrum disorder autism spectrum disorder now
0: um now now, during your time in high school and even in grammar school what was it like for you making friends
1: yeah so definitely elementary school um it was definitely very challenging um i like I, i mentioned earlier you know i definitely had sensory overload um you know I was not used to like the structures of like the you know schedule of the of the day or you know it's like I you know loud noise like when students got really loud and I was just like I, I just got you know upset and frustrated and um, and I think I also just at that time I was mm-hmm. like comfortable I just And some people are, some people, you know, are comfortable like being alone per se, you know, but at the same time, it was like, I was trying to, you know, connect with my peers, you know, and that was a struggle. It's, um, it was not easy for me to, it's almost like trying to figure, you know, trying to figure out like what they're talking about or, you know, when's the appropriate time to, you know, engage in conversation or something like that. Um, and then I think, you know, middle school, like I said, you know, I made the effort to, you know, be part of the um, the band the alto saxophone. I was part of a math club. Um, I was part of it. Um, I did go try going to a dance. Um, and uh, it was still difficult. It was just I just I, I just it felt like it was just hard for me to fit in. Um, I think. Part of me was like, I wanted to be with, with my peers. And another part of me is like, you know, having this anxiety, this heightened level of anxiety or this, you know, this feeling of like, you know, I can't do this. And, you know, it's, um, so it was definitely challenging, even in high school, like high school. I mean, I was kind of more focused on the academics. I mean, at times I kind of wish I could have been a little bit more involved socially, but again, I think, you know, sometimes it was just and high school can be challenging for anybody, not just, not even just for individuals on the autism spectrum. It's just, but, uh, but I mean, it's almost like when you have, you know, autism spectrum disorder and then you have all of these, you know, these, you know, difficulties with adolescence, it's almost like a double-edged sword sometimes for, for, you know, it was definitely the case for me. Um, it's been like for a little bit. And, i'm sure it was the case for other you know high school you know individuals you know with autism and stuff so i i think you know like i said i tried to form that autism awareness club you know i tried to put myself out there you know yes was i academically successful i mean yeah that that's great and all but i think you know i look back at and it's like you know and i i do have some positive moments you know in high school i don't want to say high school like the worst thing and was the worst experience for me, but um I, like I said, it was it was not easy to navigate as somebody on the autism spectrum.
0: All right. Um so why don't you tell me a little about where you are now working-wise? I mean, are you happy doing what you're doing?
1: Yeah, so let me um give a little snapshot about that. So <clears throat> So, after, so what I'll mention is after I graduated from, so I ended up actually going to Assumption uh, College and it's now actually called Assumption University. It's one of the um, colleges here in Massachusetts. Like I mentioned, um, I pursued my uh, bachelor's in human services. and I also um, pursued my certificate in aging services. Um, and I, I mean, unfortunately, I had, and I did actually make some of my friendships, you know, at that time i think it was a little bit easier there but um going back to this um direction um i started off at an agency that worked with families and individuals and in, which it was like an aba applied behavioral analysis company um i was doing it. i was an administrative assistant for human resources um so i did that for a little while then I um, went to an agency that worked with older adults and people with disabilities. Um, so I basically, you know I, you know, I assisted the case managers with, you know, setting up the case mm-hmm. files, setting, doing the assessments for personal care, homemaking, those, you know, sorts of um, services that, you know, people might need. Um, I also, you know, I did receptionist work. And, uh, I've also tried being a, a state home care case manager, which I had like a hundred consumers on my caseload. And after a month I was just, you know, it just, you know, it, me. it was like, this was just not the career path for me. Um, so I, and, you know, over the course of time, I'm trying to, you know, cause my passion is, you know, autism advocacy and awareness. And I mean. Like it's just, it's just been a passion of mine, you know, trying to help autism communities and stuff over the course of time. But eventually um, I actually was at one point a autism peer specialist oh. uh, an organization. So basically it's, I don't know. Have you ever heard of the certified peer specialist for like mental health? There's no, a, no. So, I believe in the United States, they have um, a certified peer specialist, which was originally designed um, to support, you know, it basically what it does, is it takes people who have lived experiences with mental health issues and substance abuse, you know, challenges. And what they do is they connect with other individuals. So they bring the lived experiences and they're sharing that with the other individuals to promote, you know, support and guidance and, you know, trying to motivate them, you know, educate them, give them the information and resources, you know, um, it could be, it could even focus on independent living and it can focus on a variety of different needs. But what, so what I was doing was, is connecting with adults on the autism spectrum. So I'd do like check-ins, phone calls, you know, I might, you know, help somebody with employment goals educational goal. and so I was doing that for a little while and I kind of you know I'm thinking yeah this is something I, I do want to do you know this was this is kind of like my niche and stuff um and so unfortunately I had some you know health challenges along the way too you know between college and you know employment where you know I had epilepsy so I mean I had um I had actually had two seizures, um, one when I was in college and there was another, like, I want to say like a couple of years ago, maybe, um, both times I couldn't drive for a while. I had to suspend my driving for a little while. Um, and I also, I have a um, thyroid disease. Um, so I actually had to have my thyroid surgically removed, um, because I was having symptoms of that, too. So it was kind of like a medical roller coaster for a little while, um, which definitely had an effect on um, not really college, but definitely on employment. Um, And I will say, there was a time where I actually had to, I had such bad anxiety, and I had really just really bad depression, like, I was at a point where I, at one point I just couldn't work. And I just, you know, I could not, you know, I couldn't function at work and I couldn't do the job. And so I, I tried applying for disability benefits um, twice. Both times I was actually denied. Mm. Um, And and actually the reason that social security mentioned that was because, Oh, autism will improve. And I'm thinking to (laughs) myself, it's like, um yeah. i don't think autism necessarily improves
0: um no no i, I mean that's I that's the case with um everything between social security and between um what you were talking about exactly um, yeah you know, social security and insurance companies is they think oh ADHD or ASD will improve with, with age what they don't realize is it doesn't it's something we're born with and something we're stuck with mm-hmm. to go I mean not to relate to relate back to me I was told I when I first graduated out of high school my parents put me into this is before we knew I had autism. Mm-hmm. We I went to a University of Wisconsin Ashkosh. They had a learning disability program, and we had a dinner where we met former students. And I sat down with this one student, and he said, and he literally sat there and he explained it to me. He's like, the difference between us and the rest of the student population is, it takes where it takes them an hour to understand their work. It takes us two to three hours because it's. It takes us an hour just to read and it takes another hour for our mind to process that work and then that last hour is to understand what we're actually doing right and then the head of the program comes out and he goes listen i'm going to tell you all something and this is going to be a shock he's like you you all have a learning disability you're going to live with it you're going to die with it but you can find workarounds for it that will help you out in life and that right there was the shock to my system it's like wow
1: Yeah. I I mean, it's, it sounds like that was a really interesting experience for you. Um, And I think this is the other thing too, you know, sure. Like there's the reality is we all have challenges and we Mm -hmm. have problems that we go through in life. Nobody on this earth is going to get away from not having any, like with, from problems. I mean, problems, you know, challenges, losses, I mean, it's like one of the things I've had to learn over the course of time, and this is actually, this Uh. kind of goes back to what I was talking about. So after um, a while, I was like, you know what, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let this happen. I'm going to, you know, continue to advocate and I'm going to try to see if I can get back to work again. And actually what happened was, is I connected with an agency that um, it's an independent living center that works with people with disabilities. And so um at one point i was doing i was in a temporary position running a workshop series um on independent living and autism spectrum disorders i did all the marketing i did all the you know communications i reached out to get speakers you know that can share about services and supports experiences perspectives um and mm-hmm. after that, I actually, um, there was an opening, you know, in a, in a department that involves personal care management, which is um, to the, like this, that's where I am to this day today, where as, as a um, personal care administrative assistant. Um, so I do like, you know, databases and,
0: you know, spreadsheets and those sorts of things. So that leads uh, me to my next question is, what brought you to Jacqueline?
2: What
1: brought me to Jeff? Well, first of all, um, I actually wanted to personally, you know, thank her, you know, for connecting me with you. um, Because, I mean, I I'm really, like I said, I'm happy to be doing this today. And I'm I'm glad we were both able to, you know, connect and, you know, talk today. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so one of the things I was thinking about, like, is, you know, in addition to like what I'm doing right now, I kind of wanted to try to get involved with the autism community again. And at one point I was thinking, you know, I was, you know, reviewing, you know, her, um, her business, the ASD life coaches. Yeah. And, um, I was, you know, I was looking at all the different services, you know, all the different, you know, supports that they bring to, you know, individuals on the autism spectrum. And, um, you know, I think it just, it just it really gave me time to really just take a step back and, you know, really help me to think and reflect, like, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I would want to try to be, you know, an ASD life coach, you know, too. And, um, I actually, and that's when I, you know, reached out actually, I reached out to Jack when I think like six months ago, um, there weren't any like open positions but as far as I know, um, at the time, six months later as like now basically i reached out to jacqueline again and that's when um i mentioned that i was still interested in you know pursuing the direction of asd life coach and pursuing um you know working with individuals on the autism spectrum um and that's you know when i had my you know first interview and and that's how like you know you and i connected today Mm -hmm. uh, and i hopefully we'll have a, you know, a second interview and we'll see how that goes.
2: Uh,
1: And, um, you know, I think I'm, you know, even though like, you know, I, the company I work for right now, I mean, have been, has been very supportive. They've been, you know, very kind to me, especially, which to me is important because I have struggled in organizations that are not as accommodating and supportive to people with disabilities. And I think that's one of the reasons why 80 to 90% of, you know, adults on the autism spectrum are unemployed or under Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that's because there's a lack of understanding and and training, that sort of a thing.
0: I think I read somewhere it's 89% of those of us on the spectrum are unemployed. Mm -hmm. And to throw my opinion, and I think part of the problem is the companies are they don't want to take the time to help to understand they want someone they can throw into the position, not have to worry about, oh, are they do they have problems of lighting? Do they have problems of sound? Why are they wearing headphones? Why are they wearing sunglasses inside? Why are they overreacting? when they get stressed out i mean these are things they they don't want to have to deal with that's exactly yeah go on no
1: um i was gonna say um that's that's exactly what it is it's um again i think it's the lack lack of under either this is what i have found it's either there's not enough understanding of autism spectrum disorder Mm -hmm. or they, you know, these companies are just they just don't want to understand autism spectrum. It's kind of like they just want to sweep it under the rug and just like you mentioned, you know, they just want to bring somebody in that can just, you know, do the job and just not have any, you know, because Mm -hmm. they they consider us as, you know, having complaints and issues and, you know, that sort of a thing. And that's not true at all. It's
0: and it's. go ahead. They want a cookie cutter employee. That's what they want. Someone they can mold to what they want and not have to worry about, hey, we have to reform and figure out what to do for this person to make them happy. We need more companies that are doing more for those of us on the spectrum. Like Microsoft, SASS, um, there's there's a huge list of 45 companies that will hire those of us on the spectrum and The problem with some of these companies though, is they'll only hire those who just have autism. If you have anything else besides autism that adds to that complication, say me, I have ASD, I also have ADHD, I also have OCD and I'm also dyslexic. I have a plethora of disabilities that all kind of feed off of each other and cause problems. Mm -hmm. They don't want someone like that they want someone who just has asd who's brilliant with programming or math Mm -hmm. you need a company that will say hey we want to we're willing to hire you help you and understand you
1: i absolutely agree with that you know and i like you know it's i actually um at one point, I was actually thinking about starting my own business, um, mm-hmm. to do, like autism, you know, consulting to, you know, employers and um, doing like, um, you know, training. And I've actually made a training for my company um, on autism spectrum disorders. Um, and at some point, my plan is actually to train the managers um, and employees on how to help best support, you know, and guide employees and um consumers on the autism spectrum because that's so important that education
0: yeah that's
1: very important that's really really important and i absolutely agree like you know you're not you don't want to just hire the person you you know you want to have that personal and professional rapport with that individual i think that is so And unfortunately, that's not always the case with companies. It's like they just basically they hire you and it's like, here you go. Here's the work. You know, we want this. We want A, B, C, X, Y, Z. You know, it's so it can be sad, you know,
0: for some. It is sad. For some. I mean, companies out there need to start hiring the neural divergence because we are the ones who who are 10 times more brighter than the average person. You get someone who's on the spectrum who loves the program. You throw them into a programming position; they will thrive ten times more than someone who is an who is a neuro who is an NT who will burn out. We won't burn out because it's our passion. And then that leads me to my next question to you: Is do you have your own hyper focus or special interest?
1: Yeah. Um. I think for me, um, it's definitely hyper-focused interest. Well, I think for me, like my biggest interest is, you know, helping autism communities. I really like advocacy, you know, public speaking, you know, really trying to make a difference. And, you know, I think about, you know, I, I, I take time to reflect on, you know, like where I'm, where, my, where I am in my life, you know, like what I'm doing right now. And I always get like this, you know, thought in my head, like, you know, helping people with autism, helping people, Mm -hmm. helping people with autism. And, you know, even just seeing the stories and hearing the podcasts and hearing, because it, it resonates to my lived experience. And it also resonates to, you know, the lived experiences of others and the challenges that, you know, that it really involves. And, um, just circling back to, you know, employers and stuff. So, you know, like at my company, I mean, I've worked with my boss for, you know, several months and, um, you know, we have a good, really good, great rapport. And, um, you know, I think, you know, one of the things that my boss, um, has noticed is that, you know, I'm very detail oriented and that basically that I'm dependable. Um, and I think, you know, that's what i really appreciate you know from a boss is they don't just say you know see the you know the the challenges the hardships they you know trying to take the strengths and trying to make you know production and and, you know efficiencies better like you know and i think you know just having the opportunity and having that sense of diversity and inclusion is like because we all have strengths we all have strengths we all have talents and that's yeah yeah do we have our hardships? Absolutely. I mean, that'd be just, again, that'd be even not even for people with autism. I mean, there's people who have, you know, medical daily medical issues. There's individuals that, you know, have mental health challenges and that, you know, other issues that are beyond the scope. And, you know, but does that mean like that they can't be great contributors to the workforce? You know, I, I think you're just, it's putting like one assumption saying, Oh, if they have these experiences, they're not going to be great workers. And that's not true. It's like they're, you know, I mean, you have some of the greatest people that have gone on to do amazing things have come from very difficult backgrounds. They came from difficult backgrounds. They came from challenging, Mm -hmm. even like traumatic backgrounds, you know, and then you have people with autism and then you also have people with autism and mental health challenges and stuff too. And that's, I mean... I was reading an article the other day, and one of the things that really concerned me was the rate of, you know, now the rate of suicide in um, adults on the autism, you know, autism spectrum. There was a study done in um, the UK, um, and it would just, you know, which in a way, and make because usually, like I'm thinking, like okay, there's adults. Uh, you know, and there's like older elderly adults. And part of the reason is because, you know, there's the isolation and the lack of social supports and stuff. And it's like, that should be a red flag for, you Mm -hmm. know, agencies, companies, organizations, professionals, like, you know, to say, Hey, you know, these are people too, that want, just want to just be, you know, part of this, you know, celebration of life here. They want to be able to contribute to society. They want to be able to, you know, have relationships. They want to be able to do the same things as other people. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, I mean, those equal opportunities is so important.
0: Now, I want to circle back to school for, with you. <laughs> what, how were you able, were you able to handle classes both in high school and college or did you struggle with that?
1: So when I was um, in high school, it was definitely... Um, I would say high school and college it was definitely challenging, um, but I think you know college where it's kind of like, well, high school. Look at so let's put it this way: high school, it's like you're in school for six and a half hours, six six and a half seven hours a day, straight, and then you have college where. You know, you might have you know one or two classes on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then maybe one or two classes on a Tuesday and Thursday, Mm -hmm. and you have more um, availability and space and all of that. And it's like, I think you know, just you know, in terms of that having that time management sort of a piece, you know, high school, you know, Mm -hmm. that's again that's challenging for anybody, but for me, you know, you know, going to classes you know, having to learn all this information, then going home for, you know, another, doing more work for another two, three, four hours. It was just exhausting. Yes. <laughs> I think it's exhausting for anybody.
0: Yeah. Did uh, you do college out of state or did you do community college or a university?
1: So I ended up um, at Assumption all four years. It was um, mm-hmm. a private university. Mm-hmm. And um, I... You know, I just, you know, I got some great, you know, I got some scholarships and stuff. And that's, you know, no. I mean, it, it and no. I probably would have went the route like community college first and then maybe to a, a four year college or something, which I know some people do and stuff. And, um, which yeah. is fun. you know, that's a, that's a, that's always
0: an option, you know, no uh, assumption was that you you had campus and then you had dorms or was it more like you just drove to school?
1: so for me i was just more involved with um i was like a commuter so i, I basically ah. was just doing more of like
0: you know driving to school okay so now let me ask you if you had the opportunity would you take the chance and put yourself in the through an actual four-year university out of state somewhere to get that live in, live alone experience
1: that's a great question um I think you know for me if i you know thought you know reflected back on that i'd say you know maybe i mean i'm not going to say 100 percent, you know yes um i definitely think it could have been you know it you know i'm um, like a trial sort of thing but i think you know for me i had like i said i mean i had the health health and medical stuff that i had to deal with and then also yeah um I just yeah. you know I, especially with transition that can be very i mean now it's like now it's like you you know you you it just got bigger you know you're going from high school to college where it's like yeah yeah you, you know you're you're here local but now you're going out to another state it's like, mm-hmm. like all a whole different you know yeah scope. yeah i
0: understand that i mean with me i my like i said i my parents right out of high school threw me into college and I couldn't handle it. And then I waited until 26, 2010 and no, 2006. And I did my four years online, got Mm -hmm. my bachelor's. And then four years later, I went overseas for my master's. Wow, that's amazing. And I, yeah, and I was not i was older then, so I was more prepared for it. Yeah. What I wasn't ready for was the level of stimulation the minute I hit that airport. And all the factors coming in at me of, oh, you can only have one parent with you at the gate. It's because of 9-11. There's nothing we could do. And the stress of me going away, I had my very first meltdown. My mind didn't know what was going on. All I knew, I was in tears, crying, cussing out the guy behind the desk. And at that point, my father just said, your mother will go with you. She's closer to you. And we were lucky enough that where the gate was, there was a glass wall with a revolving door and a guard. And my dad was able to sit on the other side. So he he got he was able to see me head off onto the plane, and my mother was with me while I waited until I got until the boarding call. And then once that boarding call came on, it's like a light switch flipped, and I stopped crying and my mind just turned. That sounded like a really difficult experience that you. It had- was. Now talking about difficult experiences, how did you handle COVID?
1: So, um, basically I was basically cooped up in my house pretty much like the last year or two, cause I, most of the work I was doing was remote. Um, and I think, you know, for me, like, I think, you know, COVID has really had an impact on not just me, but a lot of people. But I know for me, like it was definitely anxiety, depression, um, it was just really difficult, you know, to connect with with Pete, with people, you know, because I'm I was so used to like going out in the community and you know having you know lunch or dinner with a friend mm-hmm. or kind of um, you know go go see a movie or you know and and you know and I'm very fortunate I I have been able to do that or you know you know go do something like mini golf. So I think. And even like, I, again, I'm reflecting on it and you know, it's like, even right now, like there are days where it's just like, I'm so used to being in in my own house. It's like, I don't even want to go out (laughs) sometimes. It's like, it's like, Uh. you're so used to the, you're so used to the routine, but at the same time, it's like, I do want to be, you know, connecting with people and stuff. And I want to, you know, be involved in communities and stuff, but I just, you know, the, just hearing of, you know, the whole new, just hearing the whole COVID, you know, news and just, it, it it can just, it can be mentally draining. Um, You know, I think for, again, not just for me, but for a lot of people, you know, and we're just trying to, you know, we're trying to adjust to what's called the new norm person to speak. So I think, you know, it just, I I do actually remember um, I was laid off a couple of months after, like, we first heard of COVID, like, which I think was, like, in 20, somewhere in the beginning of 2020. I don't remember exactly what month, um, but I remember, like, a couple of months later, basically, because that's what was happening. People were, you know, you know, they were getting laid off, or they were, um, you know, they basically... Losing their jobs because the companies are trying to save money and stuff, because and it really had an effect because of that pandemic and mm-hmm. stuff. So that was another adjustment for me. Fortunately, I was able to make a connection with another company, and and that ended up working out. So right. I know that it was not all was not the case for all these people that have lost their jobs because of the you know of COVID and stuff. I'm sure you know it took them months, weeks. You know, it took them time to actually find another another job. You know. And so it, it it's just
0: it's crazy. <laughs> lastly, I want to talk about let's talk about dating and girls with you. Um sure. how are how is the dating scene with you? So
1: I think right now, like I'm kind of like like 50 fifty. I'm kind of like, it'd be nice to meet somebody special, but I think at the same time, it's like, I'm just, I'm not feeling it. Like right now, like to to be in, I mean, middle and high school, I mean, I've definitely, you know, there were some, you know, some girls that I met, you know, when I was in middle and high school that, you know, I thought, oh my God, they're so, you know, beautiful. And, you know, my God, you know, like, I mean, I could go on a date with them, something like that, but I've also, have experienced some difficult um interactions, I think, with, you know, with women in the past, like, you know, yeah. especially high school and college. And, and just like, and, and sometimes it's like, it's not, it's almost like, it's not you. It's just, it's, it's the not you, it's them kind of a thing. It's like, and that's, you know, I'm, I mean, that's, that is part of, you know, life in a way, yeah. you know, but At the same time, it's like, I mean, I want to be, you know, I want to be accepted for who I am, you know, and be accepted. Like, listen, you know, this is what I have and, you know, this is what I'm doing and I'm doing the very best I can in life. Um, honestly, sometimes I even hear relationships can be complicated. Yes. (laughs) So that's again, not the case for all relationships. Uh, but, um, I just, I think for me, what's really important right now is I'm tr- like, I'm still, you know, I'm back in the workforce, you know, I'm working on building my life more. I'm working on, you know, basically myself. I think that's the first and foremost important thing is you have to be able to focus on, you know, yourself before yeah. you're able to focus on, you know, others and stuff. But I mean, dating, I, would, you know, I'm definitely something that I'm keeping in the back of my mind. Um, but it's also, you know, taking other things into consideration, you know,
0: as time goes on. And lastly, where can people find out more about you?
1: Um, So basically people can find out more about me um, via autismpeer.com. So that is the website again, autismpeer.com. I have blogs, publications, i and I'm sorry to say, I have not updated that uh, website in quite a while. Um, I've had a lot on my plate. Um, and I mean, I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, if anybody, you know, if anybody's interested in, you know, learning more about like my professional background, that sort of a thing. Um, and um, yeah,
0: that's pretty much all I have in terms of the social media piece. And that's it, everyone. That was Ryan Lynchfield, PCM Administrative Assistant. I'll catch you in the next one. See you there, everyone.
2: How I miss the way things used to be. I'm no big fan of now I must have some sweeter memories Somewhere in the cloud Welcome, Welcome to the new normal Welcome to the new normal Welcome to the new normal Shout Welcome to the new normal. Gonna miss all you used to be Gonna miss all you had Consigned to the dustbins of history Like opinions from your dead Talk to the freaks. You can talk to just about anybody. You happen to meet. It ain't what it was, and it is what it is. Time.